Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday Q&A. I'm Eric Griffin, president of ITM Trading. With me, I have Lynette Zhang, our chief market analyst. For those of you who don't know or are tuning in for the first time, we take your questions that you submit to us via email to questions at itmtrading.com. We put them here on the screen in front of us. We ask them live to so get a real, true, organic, uh, spontaneous response. Now, before we dig into that, though, we have a special announcement that we're yes, really we excited about. Uh, we've got something that we've been working on for over a year now, and Which it's finally here. Like two or three. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> a long for time. a long, long time. And it's our new community, and it's ready. It is. Yay! It's called The Thrivers, and it's designed to help you become as independent and sustainable and self-sufficient as possible, especially when it comes to the mantra. Food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth preservation, community, and shelter. Now, remember, step one is to protect your wealth and assets with a proper gold and silver strategy. And it's going to be very challenging to fund and manage the areas, the rest of the areas of the mantra, if all your wealth disappears with the dollar. But if you haven't done that, there's a link in the description to help you do so. If you have done that, then the next step is to secure your independence from all the other systems that make you dependent on them. So to do that, we created a community where like-minded people can come together and share knowledge and experience and learn in all areas of the mantra and even more. Now, many people have some experience to share and we also want to encourage everyone to take that first step in learning something new. It's a place to bring your questions, hopes, fears, and ideals for the future, and to feel fully supported by myself and my team, our community, everyone in this community. Members will also have the ability to form localized or specific interest groups, which further the feeling of community and confidence as we move through this great reset. It's also a place to form alliances and bring people together on a global basis, because this is how we can combat what's happening. Likely, the most important thing is the Thrivers community is a place where people can come together and no longer feel isolated and alone with how they feel and what they see unfolding. Because together, we can absolutely thrive through this. And this is why joining the Thrivers is so important. Now, right now, we're opening for founding members with introductory pricing. So if you're interested in joining us, you can go to thriverscommunity.com. I'll be doing private small group Q&As and posting new content every single, well, there's going to be lots, actually, lots of content that's posted every week from all of our community <coughs> members and interviewing experts in all the different areas of the mantra. So we'd really love to have you there. And I know how alone so many people have felt because they think everybody should be seeing what's going on. But it's that normalcy bias. So again, it's the thriverscommunity.com. Come check it out. Join us. Help us build this community for everybody. I'm getting chills. Because together, we can make a difference. You know, one person can't necessarily, but 
a like-minded community, now that's, that is really power. And that's a lot of energy coming together. So we have been working on this for so long. Mm -hmm. And come and help <clears throat> us build the rest of it. We started it. Okie doke. All right. Then let's yeah. get to the questions. Okay, cool. All right. So Jack W. Ask. Or, uh, Jacques. Jacques. I would say Jacques. <clears throat> okay, so Jacques W. Asks. How long do you think it will take from the time CBDCs are introduced to the time they will start going negative or giving your CBDCs expiration dates? Well, time is going to tell us the real answer, but my guess is, is that they're going to want to see usage. So they're not going to do that until they get a certain level of compliance and usage. How quickly that is, I mean, they're going to introduce them in a crisis and say, well, this is, they're right. going to say, you know, and, and the crisis, my bet is, is that the crisis has something to do with very high inflation because they're going to sell it to us as if there is, if you give us this, there won't be any inflation. No, there will be deflation in a rather large way. But um, they're not going to do it right off the bat because they're not going to want you to know that anything has changed. So uh, I, I can't tell you exactly when, but it, there's, there is a level of, of use that they'll be looking for. And then once they get that, then they can take it to the next level. Yeah, and also think of it in terms of negative rates forces spending. So Correct. right now they don't want spending. They, they want to retract your spending because they're trying to decrease inflation, right? They're trying to fight inflation by raising the interest rates. So negative rates or expiration dates would force you to spend it. Mm -hmm. So we'd have to be more in type point. of a situation like a crisis situation like 2008 where you know people started retracting and they needed they they wanted to force people to spend to get rid of the deflation and force inflation higher so something like a negative rate or a cbdc expiration date probably isn't going to come until we see a different environment than we're in now more of a crisis situation where people are not spending money and they want to force you to spend it well the ism came out and it was more today and it was more negative than they had even anticipated so I think that's kind of interesting. So they're starting to see the result because remember, when policy is put in place, whatever that policy may be, at this point, there's a lag. But, you know, people get impatient, governments get impatient, central bankers get impatient. So, um, yeah, and, and they will introduce it because there is really no choice. Well, central bank, the CBDCs are definitely the government's answer to future problems. Probably why they bailed out the venture capitalists and the technology companies that will help them introduce that. Yeah, I'm even seeing it talked about on mainstream media, right? About how that it will be the government's solution. Um, yeah, okay. that's interesting. Heather, Heather asks, how many people will, how many people understand that the derivatives market has collapsed and what that will look like exactly? <clears throat> Not many. <laughs> maybe, maybe five. <laughs> Jamie maybe, Diamond. Maybe the fourteen banks that are allowed <laughs> to trade it, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, um, but the the public isn't going to know until we are in such dire straits. And if you stop and think, you know, I'm just seeing a lot of parallels to 2008. This is going to be much worse because they don't have the balance sheet and the and the um, QE to work with to have the same impact mm -hmm. that it did 
in 2008. I mean, that's what they're going to use. Um, but when did we know? I mean, it was March almost to the day. I mean, it was within like, I think, seven or eight days when J.P. Morgan took over Bear Stearns and we were told that was going to solve everything. And the public didn't even really know or understand what happened at that point. And it <laughs> seemed to the public like things had calmed down. But when did they become aware of it? September of that same year. Right. Now, I can't say that that's what's going to happen this time. But my bet is, particularly with the um, derivatives, and the, there has to be, with, with the level of interest rate derivatives and the level that the central banks on a global basis raised rates, the speed and the level at which they, you know that there has to be a whole bunch of derivatives that are not doing very well right now, but that's hidden from us. So, you know, what that's going to look like <coughs> is probably similar to 2008 and that the liquidity will evaporate. So what happened? You were in the mortgage business at that time. And wasn't it when like 24 hours, even when you were going into closing on a mortgage? Well, that or, actually started in, in 2007. Yes. And then it carried all the way through. But remember, I came here in 2000, in September of 08. Yeah. Right before the crash, right before right, the right crash, before the crash, because I started seeing the hand, the handwriting on the wall before, before that actually occurred. Um, but I'm glad you came. Me too. I High mean, five. I mean, seriously, <laughs> we've done a lot of really good work since totally. you got here. Hundred percent. Yep. Together, we have we have created a lot of good things, right? Yep. Including the Thrivers community. Yep. Yep. Um, but. Yeah, I would say it, the liquidity crisis in the mortgage started to really dry up in 07. And then that's, you know, that led up to the Bear Stearns collapse. Mm -hmm. But that was just kind of papering over the problem, right? Correct. Not solving it, papering well, over. And then we saw it really break and crack in September, October of 08. 08. Right. But then all they did was <clears throat> not solve the problem. Correct. They just, went right? papered, they just over papered over it more. And I think that's why what you said is so powerful, which is they don't have the QE to be able to do it and make the same impact. If there's an even bigger derivatives implosion, it's certainly going to be a lot harder to paper over when we've already created an additional, what, 20 something trillion dollars in debt just since then. Right. So, and then bounce bumping up against inflation even worse. And if this dollar de-dollarization thing happens, forget it. Well, it is Then there's happening. no papering over. Exactly. Like once we reserve, we lose reserve currency status, it's yeah, it's big it, trouble then. Right. And, and remember, you know, everything, the most, the best that they can do is hide what's really happening. This de-dollarization really started in the end of 2000 when the Fed first had to buy the treasury bonds because they didn't have enough foreign buyers, they didn't have enough buyers of them. But they never talked about that. Then all of us, because that's what third world countries do, not, not advanced economies. And then all of a sudden it became a good thing and now they can't get them off their balance sheet. So yeah, it, it's hard to say, but what it's gonna look like will be a liquidity crisis, which is really, I mean, boy, Mia culpa on Credit Suisse, so sorry. If we just had more time, you know, same thing with SV Bank or SVB mm -hmm. and <clears throat> Signature and looks like, what is that, Great Western or there's another bank that seems to be 
you know, having a challenge. Mismanaged. Yeah, mismanaged and liquidity. I mean, where did that 20 trillion plus, that's just in one area. Where did all those trillions go? Where did they go? They went out in bonuses. They went out in share buybacks. They went out in buying stuff and taking on more debt. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. All right, so Glenda D asks, because the credit union is <clears throat> NCUA insured up to 250 and not FDIC insured, is it a safer place to bank with? Did we get this question? And I know we've we answered it. All it. The time. I know and we've answered okay. it a bunch, right? Mm -hmm. But we get a lot of new viewers to the channel who mm -hmm. haven't heard us answer this question. But I swear, since this banking crisis thing has happened, there must have been in our inbox 30 questions to is banking with a credit union better than an FDIC insured regular bank? Yeah. <clears throat> so I figured we'll answer it again. Uh, absolutely. And we'll answer it. We'll keep answering. Probably. That's fine. That's fine. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because you would like to think that the community banks or the credit unions or these small, more personal places that don't take the risks that the big banks take, you would like to think that they are safer, but they are dependent upon those commercial banks and they are not too big to fail. I'm sorry, yeah. I really want to say something else, but I can't. Well, just like, just like in the mortgage world back in 2007, what started happening to um, was the liquidity crisis there was all these mortgage companies rely on warehouse lines mm -hmm. from big banks. And so those big banks have to supply the money to those mortgage firms in order for them to lend the money out to the retail buyer. Well, once all that started, the poop started hitting the fan, all the liquidity dried up because all the mortgage banks or all the banking warehouse lines, they started saying, oh, never mind, you no longer have a $300 million line of credit to, to bank off of. We're going to hold it back over here. So all these little branches, these little mm -hmm. companies, these little banks no longer had the, the credit that they needed to operate and it forced those companies to go bankrupt. Right. And you can, you can go back and look and see historically who, what banks went out during that period mm -hmm. of time, right? And it wasn't really other than Bear Stearns and Lehman, but it wasn't the big ones. The big ones absorbed the little ones and we had consolidation. And that, that's been true since 2000 through every crisis. There is consolidation and consolidation in the um, banking industry. And even if you look at Switzerland right now, well, there were two big banks, now there's one. So fewer and fewer choices mm -hmm. and more and more consolidation. And it's easy for the big ones to eat up the little ones. Yeah, and certainly in 2008, we were following it on a regular basis, all the different banks that were oh. failing on a daily basis, little community banks, credit unions were not, were not immune. No, so. no, they definitely <laughs> were not immune. All right, so Atreyu <laughs> asks, how long will the currency or this system last after a bail-in event or a massive bank run? That is a really good question because the currency system that we're in right now is already dying. And that's the whole piece, right? What, what people don't understand, and I mean a lot of really smart people don't really understand, that like everything else, currencies have a life cycle like everything else what doesn't have a life cycle right well maybe spam 
But other than that, other than that, do you have that at your bucket house or something? No, I do not have spam. But we were having uh, that conversation the other day, and I'm like, ah, ugh, no, no, not no spam. it's not part of my no. preps. But it, I, but it never goes away. But um, you know, everything has a life cycle, and it's really simple. We are at the end of this current experiment's life cycle, so we have to shift over. Um, so it, it's hard to say because the currency system is already failing. And the U.S. dollar, as you brought up, the de-dollarization, losing its status as world reserve currency, is already underway. So these are not things that I'm waiting to see happen. These are things that we are already in the middle of. And so what the currency in the system, you know, like I said, we're going to either see hyperinflation or hyperdeflation, which is really just the opposite side of the same coin, because in order to fight deflation, you gotta do it with inflation, and in order to fight inflation, you gotta do it with deflation. It's not like you have multiple choices. So after a bail-in event or a massive bank run, um, you know, a bail-in event would cause a massive bank run, and what just happened is already causing They've gotten to slow it down so the public is still calm. And by the way, because I had people ask me why I wasn't at the bug out house yet, um, and it's because the public doesn't really understand what happened yet. That's when I'm getting to the bug out house, when the public knows. Yeah, well, um, they did a good job of coming in and, and pretending like, that's why I went mismanagement, right? Right. It's, it's mismanagement, so that's a really easy way of isolating the problems to those banks. Right, this is just it's a one-off. It's just one been off. mismanaged just, by right. these particular people. There's not a systemic issue underlying the banking system, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Right, it's the same thing they did in 2008. Oh, it's just Bear Stearns. They were involved in all these mortgage-backed securities, mismanagement. And then boom, 2008, end of 2008, Lehman goes down, AIG, you know, and it became... And they bailed out AIG out at 100% so they could pay the Goldman Sachs and JP right. Morgan's and all those so, guys. So, yeah. so, unfortunately, let's just hope that in, two, in, in the end of this year that there aren't more giant problems that we see coming down the pipe that aren't obvious at this very moment because they lie to us. Yeah, and, and yes. Right? We just have let, to cross let, our let, fingers because you can't trust anything hope. they're saying. But I can tell you, I made sure this past weekend we brought up like many coolers because I'd gotten the freezers, but I hadn't had a chance to fully stock them. And so I'm all ready. I'm all stocked up now at the at the bug out location because we aren't going to know until we know. Right. You're just not. It's going to be like that. Yep. Because they ain't going to tell us in advance. They, they're not going to warn us in advance, right? Nope. So They need you to keep your wealth in the system. And just remember that if you choose to do that, that's your vote. You're, you're allowing that. Me, this is my vote. And I'm going to keep saying this over and over and over again because people need to understand that whatever choice they make, that's their vote. Even if they hesitate buying gold and silver, that's your vote and you're voting for the central banks to bring in the CBDCs and to take all your wealth. That's your vote. That's not my vote, this is my vote. Plus food, water, energy, security, <coughs> barterability, wealth preservation community and shelter, the Thrivers community. That's my vote. Susie B asks, 
Can you explain the consequences if the Fed's next move is to raise late rates or to lower them? What What's the consequences of those as actions? Well, you know, unfortunately, they're raising rates so that during this next re recession, they can lower them again. But we already have all those zombie corporations and really how much longer are the bank's going to carry them at these higher interest rates. So the more the Fed or and global, because this is global, central banks raise rates, the harder it is for those individuals and corporations that took on massive amount of debt and that debt has to be rolled over or if it's like credit card debt that you're rolling over and not paying off. So to raise the rates, it ensures a hard landing. I mean, it doesn't matter. Whatever they do, there's going to be a hard landing. They need a hard landing. If they lower the rate, and, and it's also about their credibility because they need you, the public, to be confident that the Fed has everything under control. And so they're showing you who's the boss. They're not listening to the markets this time like, nor, like they were for the last 15 years. They're trying to fight the inflation because they know that that makes it visible to you, the public, and then the public loses confidence in them. If they were to lower the rates, well, then they're admitting defeat. And the consequence is going to be more rapid inflation. So they're between, like I said, and I've been saying this for a long time, between a rock and a hard place. It doesn't matter what they do. It is game over. So get into position. All right. Do we have any live questions, Edgar? Yeah, two. Okay. Uh, <laughs> JP asks, why do they call it the Great Reset? I think it sucks. Should I be called a sucks reset. I think it should be called <laughs> a sucks reset. No <clears throat> doubt about it. Uh, but they don't want you to realize. I think means great means big. It, the big reset. It is the big reset. And, you know, so either way, um, and even it's like, this is going to be just wonderful. A totally new social, economic, and financial system. Woohoo! It'll be good for some people mm -hmm. because it will also drain the swamp. But that's, that's why they're calling it a reset period because they're resetting the system into a completely new shift. I think it's going to be more like going back to feudal times where you just have a few people that own everything and everybody else rents from them. So I don't think it's going to be great in that way. But you can be in the position where you can thrive through this and also be in a position, better position afterwards as long as you hold your purchasing power intact. That's what the gold's about. All right, Seek T asks, why do we have to accept a CBDC? I understand they're having trouble in Nigeria to get people to accept it. That's the <clears> point. <throat> we don't, and there are more of us than there are of them. And if you keep your wealth inside of the system and they introduce a CBDC and you have no other tool of barter, then you're not going to have any choice. But if enough people buy physical gold and silver and take their wealth out of the system, they can't force you to do it. Because like you said, Nigeria, yeah, they only have 5% of the population that are using the CBDC. That's why they did that big demonetization to try and force you into it. So if what you have is part of their system, 
Well, then they can force you. If you don't, you have this. You can always convert this into any tool of barter anywhere you are in the world. But that's what I'm talking about. Voting with your wallet or your purse. This, this is my vote. Because then they, then they don't have me because I'm too independent, right? And I want everybody to be independent. And if we all come and we're all voting for this, guess what? More of us than there are of them. They can't force it. That's why it's important to do it as soon as you can because we don't know how much longer we have. Well, on that bombshell. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I really want to talk about nice things and pleasant things. And I was at the I was at the bug out house this weekend and I can breathe there. And I wish I was there right now. But we are doing more on the Thrivers community. So guys, check us out and help us make it the community that you want. And again, you know, subscribe to our Beyond Gold and Silver channel because you need to be as self-sufficient and independent as possible. But community can be arguably the most important part because one person can't do it all by themselves. I'm fortunate in that I do have a community. I've been able to build a community around me to help me execute everything. But we can all do that. We can all do that. So if you haven't yet, start your own gold and silver strategy. Click that Calendly link below and and set aside a time to speak with one of our experts. We're all executing the same basic strategy, but it's customized to your circumstances, what you have to work with, what your goals are, and, you know, do yourself a favor, get that in place and get it executed ASAP. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, leave us a comment, give us a thumbs up, and critically share, share, share so that people understand what all their options are so they too can be as independent and create that community. And until next we meet, please be safe out there. Bye-bye.